Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Trinan. Which means we are at the Abbey of the Hills. A beautiful morning here at the Abbey. The sun is coming up. Oh my gosh. So I opened my curtains this morning because I get to stay at the Abbey of the Hills. And God was really showing off this morning. (laughs) God, that was a beautiful sunrise. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous place to be up here. We're starting to see some ground with this warm weather. So the snow is getting... Well, don't get too used to it. It's only the fake first spring or second spring or... But before we get too far, fa- or Deacon, Deacon Father, Father Deacon, Deacon, Deacon will you start father? us in prayer? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, we we pray as a as a community throughout um, Real Presence Radio. Just before we come onto the air, and I'm going to just echo my prayer for that, and that I want to lift up everything that we do today, everything that we do. Um, we want to offer up to you, Lord, um, our good, our bad, our struggles, our triumphs. Even our questions and our failures, everything we do, we offer up to you. And a, and a special prayer again for uh, expectant mothers that are out there, that uh, God's holy will may be done in their lives, and the joy of um, mother uh, being a mother may be theirs um, with a healthy child and uh, knowing God's by their side. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, Deacon, we have a lot planned today, and we've been going over the show notes, and I'm getting quite excited for all of our guests. That's going to be a great show. It's going to be fun. It really is. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm battling a cold, so if all of a sudden Deacon becomes a soloist, (laughs) that's why I'm off coughing in the corner. So (laughs) just bear with us this morning, folks. Gregory up in Fargo, you are running the ship this morning. I am. Can you tell us what we got going on today? Sure thing. Uh, This morning, we'll continue our conversation from Tuesday, um, part two, with Dr. Joseph White about the role parents play in educating their children in the faith. And does your marriage need some rest and reconnecting? Deacon Tony Grack will tell us about an opportunity that he and his wife will be presenting in April at Abbey of the Hills. And experience the love of community and the power of the Holy Spirit at this special retreat. John Chick will share all the details and how you can take part in it. All this and a bunch more coming up this morning. All right. Thanks so much, Gregory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gregory. So this morning, our first guest, I'm excited to have him on because he's actually a part two. He's a part two. And I got to ask, wasn't it Monday, Dr. White, that you were on or was it yesterday? I'm getting confused. Yeah, it was, it was Monday, yes. Okay. It okay. was Monday. Right. Well, and we're, we're so thrilled to have you back, Dr. White, this morning. Um, because just to recap for folks that may not have listened to Monday's show, you can always go back and listen to it again on our podcast, either on our app or through our website. But what were some of the important things that we touched on um, in terms of who was responsible for educating our children? Can you kind of do a quick recap of Monday's show? Sure. Well, you know, the, the, the catechism and our major documents on catechesis on faith formation say that parents 
are the first and most important teachers of the faith of their children. And the parish and school programs of catechesis are meant to support parents in that role by making that faith formation systematic and comprehensive, because the way it happens at home, of course, is, is more organic and more, you know, daily, um, and, and, and uh, you know, responding to natural opportunities to come up with our children. And, and so I think it's, you know, it's flipped around from how it looks in, in many parishes today and, and many schools today, where uh, I think sometimes parents um, are, are given the impression that they can fill out a form and, and send their child you know, send them heathens, and and then they'll pick up Catholics. Um, <laughs> it's not the way it actually works, <laughs> and, and I think many parents know that. Um, but this, God gives parents the grace that they need through that vocation of, of the sacrament of matrimony and through parenthood uh, to to be that primary educator for their child. We're talking with with um, Doctor Joseph White, who is uh, on staff. Maybe not on site, but he's on staff at Holy <laughs> Apostles College in Saturday. And he's also, he's the director of catechetical resources for Our Sunday Visitor, which puts out all kinds of publishing for CCD programs and continual education, things like that. And we're just blessed to have him here. He's going to be appearing in Moorhead. He's going to be doing a, um, a, uh, a program for all youth ministers and DREs and catechists and teachers that are going to be invited to St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Moorhead today. It's today, right, Doctor? Yeah, it's just about an hour, yes. Yeah, so it's from 10 a.m. to noon today at St. Joseph's in Moorhead. So just get out a plea for everyone, to, or an invite, I should say, more, to, to attend that. It should, should be a fantastic thing. But the focus is, <clears throat> who's the primary teacher of our children? Mm-hmm. And he said the catechist, or the catechism... And the church teaches the parents. And I, I want to quote you on this. They're the first and most important teachers of our children, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. As a father of, as a father of six children, um, and as a deacon. Why did you just make that face? I didn't make that face. It's a, I'm blessed. I got I got a little Brady Bunch going. I got a little three and three, um, and. Um, Gosh, but my, my, my first vocation in life is to my family, mm-hmm. to my family. And the, the, the vocation or the, the, the focus of that vocation in, in parenting um, and bringing them up in the faith is by far the most important thing. So that's beautiful. Well, and I'd love to see how um, parishes and schools are starting to work with the parents. Can you talk a little bit about that, um, Dr. White, about how we're seeing a transition in that department? Yeah, you know, I speak uh, around the country in various dioceses about 50 times a year, and I the most common question that I get asked is, how can we involve families more? How can we connect mm-hmm. with parents more? And I love that, uh, that parish directors of religious education are asking that question. And I see them doing some creative things. We, we work with uh, several programs around the country um, that uh, that are using our, our, our Sunday Visitor curriculum that will have alternative models of catechesis, for example, uh, rather than just an hour a week in a classroom kind of model. They may have parents uh, homeschooling their children and giving them materials and supporting them to do that, and then gathering families together once a month at the parish. Or 
Uh, they may have that traditional model, but then punctuate that with these whole family gatherings. Uh-huh. Or some actually have the parents there at the same time that the kids are there, and they have a, a family faith formation program. So some of these alternative models, I think, are, are great ways to uh, to kind of shift that, uh, that role back to the parents. Well, and I think, too, that people might not realize on a certain level that the parents might be afraid of sharing their faith with their children because they don't feel confident in it in themselves. So educating the parents, too, because when is the last time they were educated? Maybe it might have been when they were confirmed. That's right. You know, I I think they feel like sometimes better leave it to the experts uh, Mm -hmm. because they feel like they don't know enough. But, uh, but it turns out very often they, they know more than they think they do. Uh-huh. Um, Amen. And, and if they don't, if they don't know the basics, basics of the faith, there, there are ways to remedy that. You know, we, we need to be in, in continuing formation as adults as well. There's always more to learn. There's always a deeper level that we can dive in and explore our faith. It's one of the beautiful things about our faith. Absolutely. Well, and I just wanted to encourage anybody that might be listening to not be afraid and to just go for it. And like you said, we might know more than we think. What are some weaknesses that you're seeing um, that might need some improving? Well, I I think when, you know, when a parish or school program isn't built for parent involvement at all. I mean, I think we we have Mm -hmm. to build it from the beginning for parent involvement. and, And so we need to be able to have lots of different, a variety of different kinds of, for example, opportunities to participate in the parish or school program, not just as a catechist, um, mm-hmm. because not everybody is called to be a catechist of other people's children. You know, every parent is right. called to be a catechist of their own children, but, yeah. but not just as a catechist, but just to be able to support the, the program in other ways, and volunteering for special projects or special events or, you know, even some of the administrative work that, that sometimes has to happen in parishes and schools around faith formation. Um, but, you know, I think one of the ways that parents can help with that is just to ask, you know, to, to approach their, their DRE or their religion coordinator at the school and say, hey, how can I be involved? Is there something that you could use a hand with that I can help with? I, you know, I, I used to be a DRE myself, and I know that, that those parents that would ask that question were just a godsend. That, that was what really kept me going. Yeah. You know, and that, that enthusiasm, that support, is 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 kind of the the weaving or the fabric that uh, is going to work when the parents come. I I, th- I think I think most DREs would welcome that mm-hmm. and probably have put out lots of pleas um, before the s- the year begins and things like that. But just to be an encouragement to the the parents to to approach the DRE or approach the the pastor or what have you, uh, the teacher. How can I be of help? How can I be of help? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So is there um, certain programs that you have been seeing have a lot of effect on some of these parishes that have really been working well? Like, what type of model are we looking at? Well, I, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all, so it depends mm-hmm. on the parish community and their needs. It depends on the size of the parish and, you know, various things like that. But I think when 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 catechetical leaders, when DREs, coordinators of religious education, when pastors in the parish really have a mindset that we want to build this such that we're not educating other people's children, but rather as a community we're educating our children, you know, so that Mm -hmm. the parents are really involved. When they build it that way from the beginning and they they start thinking of, you know, what are some ways we can do that? And sometimes that's going to mean a, a seismic shift in how they do religious education. 
but it doesn't have to happen all at once. You know, it, it can happen. And I, that's one of the things I'm going to tell the DREs and youth ministers that I speak to today is, you know, think of some small ways right now that you can begin mm-hmm. to build some of this in. Look at how you can do it a little bit more next year and even more the year after that. Sometimes it's a process. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm struck by something that you just said, Dr. White. You said, we're not educating other people's children. We're educating our children as a community, right? We're educating our children. Yeah. And one of the f- things I think the Holy Spirit's been hitting me throughout Lent and even before are five words. In community, we find God. In community, yeah. we find God. Now, I get what you're right. saying about homeschooling. I've homeschooled my kids too, but we come together then, you also said, in a general gathering, in a, in a community. That's, that's who we are as, as Catholics. We mm-hmm. experience God in community, in the Mass, the, the source and the summit. So I think it's wonderful right. that you're bringing that out. And you're going to be bringing it to the folks in, in Moorhead later on this morning. Yeah, ours We're, is not just a Jesus and me kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a Jesus right. and us thing. Yeah. Right. Well, for those of you that are just tuning in, you're listening to Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting today from the Abbey of the Hills in South Dakota. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Deacon Paul Trinan. And we're talking with Father, er, Father Dr. Joseph White this morning. And we're talking about the importance of educating our children in the faith and who is responsible for educating our children. Um Practically speaking, um, how can parishes, schools, and parents work together in their efforts? Like you said, um, parents can come up to the religious ed and say, I can help. What about changing the status quo? Can parents be influential in that part of it? Yeah, you know, one of the things I really recommend for DREs is to have a, um, a, a parent advisory group, you know, a mm. group of advisors that that because parents need to be that invested and and it also is very helpful to hear from from several families that are willing to be there to offer their input and their support if your parish doesn't have that i would gently suggest that to the catechetical leadership at your parish just to say hey wouldn't it be helpful if maybe some of us parents who want to be involved got together with you on a regular Mm -hmm. basis would you be willing to do that um, and again, I think many DREs would really welcome that that kind of support and that kind of input. So, Dr. White, how would that look? How how often would a a parent advisory group meet? And you know, would it be when, would it be once a week? Would it be once a month? A month or semester? Yeah, when what, what I was uh, when I was a DRE, I did that on a on a monthly basis. And then we also would call a meeting if there was kind of a special thing we, we needed to chew on and decide. Like, at one point, we were going to change curriculum, and so we we had some special meetings of that parent advisory group just to talk about what we were looking at, to, to facilitate them looking at it and get their input on it as well. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a great oh. idea. I like that idea. That's that practical. Is. Well, because I always worry about, um, you know, a parish getting into a rut, you know, just keeping up, okay, this is what we've always done, and so we're going to just keep doing it this way. But I like how you said we just, you, you encourage them to start peppering in changes so it's not so daunting. Right, right. Go ahead. Smaller steps um, yeah. because it's going to be a, a big shift, and, and we want everybody to be on board with it, too. We want, you know, we want families to be responsive to this in, in the parish. And, and so doing it little by little sometimes is the best way to do it if we want to do it well. 
You know, I, I think about this whole idea of evangelization and, and, and how we're doing that. It's a part of that, of the new evangelization. And in a parish, you don't want the, the pastor to be in charge of everything yeah. that it has to bottle neither and go he. through him. No, neither does he. <laughs> neither does he. And and so the life of the parish has to be in the community, in the, the people of God, in the pews. Um, and that's just a microcosm of what you're describing to us, Dr. White, in the schools and how it relates mm-hmm. to the parish, right? And the families. That's right, yes. yeah. It's, 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 it's the job of all of us to form our children together as a community, and, and you know, our documents are very clear about that. Parents have a privileged role in that, but, but the community has that role as well. But the community is made up of, of families, right? So we want everybody to be on board with that. Absolutely. So we're talking about this event today. If you want to hear more, and I think you sh- if you have the opportunity to hear more, and get over to, to Moorhead today to St. Joseph's. St. Joseph's, that's easy to remember. It's the name of our, our guest today, Joseph White, Dr. <laughs> Joseph's first name, or Dr. White's first name. St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Moorhead, Minnesota. Dr. Joseph White will be presenting from 10 a.m. to noon on a presentation called Family, the Missing Piece in Catechesis. Ah, golly, that's just sad, isn't it? The Missing Piece yeah. in Catechesis. So all youth ministers, all DREs, all catechists, all teachers, um, w- would I be correct in saying all parents as well, <laughs> um, Doctor? All parents are parents invited are, to attend. Parents are welcome as well. This particular talk is directed towards those um, BREs and, and youth ministers, those who are uh, functioning in that role in the parish. But um, but I've had parents come to this talk before and kind of learn from the other side, okay, this is what I could be expecting or encouraging in the parish as well. Well, and I, I, my mother was a DRE out at a cathedral for quite some time. How do you get the parents to want to be involved that's the tough question. Yeah, I think that parents naturally want to be involved in what happens with their kids if they feel like they can do it and be effective. You know, mm. so I think part of it is empowering the parents, giving them lots of different kinds of opportunities, connecting their particular talents with things that are needed in the program. I think if parents feel like it's this is busy work and you know, and or I wouldn't be as effective as somebody else, I, I think that, you know, that discourages that kind of involvement. And also, if we don't offer many ways for parents to be involved, that too would discourage that involvement. I love that. The more the empowered parent feels, you know, the more they're going to teach this stuff at home, and it's just going to be a beautiful circle. Let me, before we, before we leave, yeah. I want to ask you a real pra- practical question as well, Dr. White. Okay, so... Sure. This is this is called Our Lady of the Perfect Church, okay? <laughs> and in this perfect church, in this perfect church, let's say the let's say that you're the DRE and everything's going to go perfect. How would you do that? Empower those parents. Let's say classes start September first, okay? Mm-hmm. How often would you meet with the parents? And then I'm going to also say, how often would you meet with the teachers hmm. before classes start? Hmm. In this yeah. perfect parent. So I, I haven't ever visited Our Lady of the Perfect Church, but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I would say I, I would say getting in touch with folks early is important. Um, I encourage catechists of each age level to send out a letter to the parents in the summertime uh, to the parents of the kids that they're going to be uh, working with, 
just to share with the parents what they're going to cover over the course of that year and some ways that they can be involved. I think if, if it's a parish that's planning to do um, a different model, you know, like a homeschooling kind of model or something like that, I would certainly have some parent orientation and, and formation sessions as well. Um, I know some parishes even that have uh, study halls for, uh, you know, for those homeschooling models where they not only gather together, you know, to meet in a family activity once a month, but they also, on a weekly basis, open the parish hall so that parents and kids hmm. who are doing homeschooling can actually come and do that together if they want to. You know, they can or, or come and ask questions of the, of the DRE or other folks who make themselves available there. Um, wow. So I think that's a good policy as well. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Very. Pr- I love it. And so, how, how then again? How often would you get together with the the catechists themselves at Our Lady of Perfection? <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be great if we could meet with the catechists on a very, very regular basis. Um, I, I think one of the things that TDRE struggle with sometimes is that sometimes it's hard enough to just get people to commit to being a catechist, and then if we put a lot of other requirements on them, you know, we want you to meet every week for catechist formation. Also, um, it, it just becomes so difficult to retain those catechists. I would mm-hmm. offer, though, I would offer catechist formation at least once a month, um, because I don't think once a month is too much to ask that we just kind of refocus ourselves and feed ourselves so that mm-hmm. then we can share our faith with others. I like that. I like that a lot, to offer, to offer, not <coughs> trying to make people mandatory and blah, blah, blah. Right. But God, I think that'd be a, a great building up practical step again for parents well, uh, or, or catechists that are just a little bit hesitant in their own abilities. That's, yeah. I think, why they don't come. They love kids. They don't come forward because they're just not sure of their capabilities, I think, so- sometimes. Mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, any last thoughts for our listeners this morning, Dr. White, before we let you go? Well, if I could leave you with a last thought, it would be both the family and the larger community are needed to form our our children. Um, And and also that it's possible to work together. There are some great ways that we can work together, and, and that's how it happens best. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us again today, and um, blessings on your talk today. Yeah, and enjoy enjoy that snow, Snow. Mr. (laughs) Mr. Austin, Texas. I hope you enjoy that snow in Moorhead, and I hope God's will is accomplished through through your beautiful work you're doing today. Thanks so much. Great to be with you. All right. right. Thanks, Dr. White. Bye-bye. Okay, up next, the South Dakota legislative session has wrapped up. What happened with the bills we have been watching, and what are the big takeaways from this session? That's what we're going to find out as we visit with Chris Motes of the South Dakota Catholic Conference. And later, his vocation story is unique and amazingly beautiful. Father Tom Hartman of the Diocese of Sioux Falls will share how forgiveness played a major role in his call to be a priest. Keep it right here. Real Presence Live continues next. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.